you guys have seen so many speakers, guest speakers, but really in-house speakers. People who go to church here, they, they've got connected to their purpose here. You've heard messages from multitudes of different people this year, or this series, not just from Pastor Nathan, but we had Allie uh, speak, we had Lori, Elizabeth, so many, and they all did a great job. And just to be able to get up here, and two things, just to be vulnerable. Uh, just to be vulnerable and to be transparent and share things that you've been through. Um, for one thing, that, that you know that those were hurts, and sometimes it's scary to talk about those things. So to be able to get up here and speak and be vulnerable and be transparent, that's huge. So I want to thank all of you for that. Um, but, you know, in addition to that, just out, outside of the speakers and everything, you know, uh, I said I wasn't going here, going to go here, but God's telling me to right now, so I am. Um, I had a conversation um, a while back, um, a kind of a, a debate, a friendly debate about, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, and we were talking about miracle signs and wonders, and, you know, I just feel like, um, you know, so, so many people can dismiss that, but you can't. If you're really paying attention there are miracle signs and wonders happening all that's around right. you. Yes, that's right. All around you if you're just paying attention. Yes, yes. And so uh, for me, this message today has been one of those things. And I'm getting worked up just talking about it because it was so powerful. Because um, I have something to show you guys, but I have testimony about it. Uh, we have a testimony video to talk about today. But I have a testimony about the testimony video, okay? <laughs> So every week, you know, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, just getting ready for Sunday. Every week, uh, we get together as a team. Our staff gets together. We have what we call a production meeting, and we talk about everything that's going to happen in service on Sunday. It's Allie's favorite meeting of the whole <laughs> week. <laughs> but so we get together, and we talk about all these things, you know, like what announcements we're going to do, what graphic needs to go where at this time, what videos we're going to play. And last weekend, we got to, to church on Sunday, and there was a video uh, that we had missed in our production meeting the week before last. So as a result of that, it did not, you guys didn't see it last week because we had an oversight. That happens. You know, we make mistakes too, okay? Um, so that happened. We, we had an oversight, and we didn't get to display this video for you guys last week. But this past week, we came back into our, our production meeting. You know, we do it every week. And so we started talking about this video, and I hadn't seen it. I had been out the week before. I had a sick kid, you know, first day of school, woohoo, we were back in school, we were sick. So <laughs> I missed it, so I hadn't got to see the video. So right there in the middle of the production meeting, I said, well, can we, can we watch the video real quick? And Miss Deb, I don't think she's in here, but several weeks, yeah, okay, awesome. So several weeks ago, she came and visited uh, Allie in the office and just gave an incredible, incredible testimony of really her life and what Freedom Ministry has done for her and just the, the powerful breakthrough that has come for her as a result of it. So I said, okay, well, can we, you know, can you play the video? I'd like to have a look at it. And so they, we sit down, you know, Julie, our awesome tech arts lady back there, she plays the video for me, and I'm, we're like two minutes into this video. And I, man, I start tingling, I get goosebumps, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is my message. Like, this is my message right here. Because she starts talking about all of these things. And the title of the message today, we're not there yet, but it's the wall. 
And so I wanted, I want to play Deb's video for you guys real quick. Just have a peek at it. Yes, thank you, Deb. Because going back to the vulnerability, the transparency, like you just in your testimony, it's so important to have that because it's it makes you relatable. Um, and just to be able to talk through those things, it's huge. So thank you, Deb. And um, I want to tell you guys, too, like this is just a small clip of her testimony video. So I want you guys to be watching our Facebook today because at 1 o'clock we have scheduled for her entire video to be posted on there. So go look for it because if you think that was good, wait till you see the rest of it. (laughs) But, you know, I sat in the office this week watching that video, and I was like, wow, like... That is a miracle, a sign, and a wonder right there because Deb and I have, she has no clue what I'm about to talk about today. We have not sat down. We did, we, there's no planning behind this. We, have, we had nothing to do with this, but God did. And that's testimony, and it's so powerful, and I just, I had to share that with you guys today. All right, so for today's message, I want to take us back to something that Pastor Nathan started at, at the very beginning of the uh, Wild and Free series. Uh, Real quick, though, before we go there, we're in 21 Days of Prayer right now. Who has been following that on Facebook? Anybody in here been following along? Isn't that so good? Every day, we've had a different person within the church get on on there. We go live. We we pray over a different verse, a different... um, group of people uh, every day, and we've been doing that for 21 days. We're doing that in preparation for the whole seminar that is next weekend, and you guys are, you're going to get tired of hearing about whole today because I'm going to whole, 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 all that sound like Santa Claus, ho, 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 (laughs) but it's, it's with such good intention. You know, the church doesn't get anything out of this. We're not asking you to pay for registration. We just want you to come and get set free because the kingdom gets something out of that when God's people are set truly free. So for today, 21 days of prayer, we're going to do it right here in service. And so I just want to ask every single one of you right now to just pray along with me. Uh, Father God, we just thank you so much for just not what you do, God, but who you are, who you are, Lord. We thank you for everything that you're doing here in this church, God. We thank you for the thousands of churches that are gathered all across the world this morning that are in a humongous church service, Big C, capital C Church, Lord, with you this morning, God. As we come into your presence this morning, Lord, we just ask that you lead us and guide us and direct us, God, and just help us open our hearts to your presence, God. Just have yourself come and settle into every, every place here, Lord, and just be with us, God, as we are here to worship you, God. Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much, and we praise you, and we bless your name. Amen. Amen. So going back to this graphic, um, Pastor Nathan showed this graphic June 16th. I will not forget it because God spoke very loud and clear to me in that service this day. He put this graphic up, and he was going through all of the stages. Uh, Stage one being, um, and and this is kind of an all-inclusive thing, is things that we go through as Christians. Stage one being a life-changing awareness of God, okay? That's your probably your salvation, your baptism moment where you've had that life-changing moment, and you say, okay, I'm ready to um, 
what that song said earlier, it said, I lay my old flames down to pick up your new fire. Man, that was so good. Um, but that, that's kind of, you know, stage one, that's where that is. And then stage two was discipleship and learning. And I was going through my notes earlier this morning. I felt like God told me I need to tell somebody in here that I think sometimes we get this stage backwards. We think that we have to learn everything and become a disciple before we can uh, have that life-changing awareness. And that's not true. As long as you believe that Jesus Christ was put on that cross, he rose from the dead, that's all you need to have a relationship with him. The rest of it can come after that. He will teach you and reveal things to you. So I had to say that, that sometimes we get those things backward. Uh, but then stage three is the active life. That's serving. Um, and, and that's, man, that's where the fun really starts. Like that's where you're really getting out there. You, um, you've had your, your salvation. You're, you begin to learn and then you start to serve. Um, but then so many times, I know because I've had it happen to me before, we get past stage three and then we hit this wall. We hit this wall, um, and so in that, that I was sitting right there, uh, that whenever he was preaching this message, God spoke to me, and he said, Lacey, that's your message, because I already knew I was going to be speaking to you guys today, and, but I had no idea, you know, what I was going to talk about, but God told me that day, he said, that's your message, and immediately, you know, he gave me a vision of a brick wall. And just like Deb was saying in her video, you know, when I, you picture a brick wall, right? It takes a lot of little bitty tiny bricks coming together to make that wall, right? And so what whole, the Freedom Ministry does is it identifies those bricks that are in your life. Um, and brick by brick by brick, you with God, you and God, it's with, between you and Him, you deal with those things, um, it could be um, a childhood pain, a divorce that you've been through, a death that occurred in your family. Um, maybe you were a victim of abuse at some point in time. Maybe you witnessed someone being a victim of abuse. Um, uh, you know, there's so many different things. So at the wall, you know, it starts off small. All these memories, all these events, all of these things that take place over your time. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and before you know it, you're just stuck there staring at it. Um, so there's a wall, and if you aren't careful to address it, it could be disastrous. Um, so before we move on today, you know, last weekend, didn't Pastor Nathan do a great job in his message last weekend, just having fun, and man, it was a great weekend here. And so I was sitting there, and God told me, like, Lacey, that's what you need to do. You need to come in here and just have fun, relax, be yourself. So can I invite you all to have fun with me today? <laughs> okay, good, because that makes me relax. Um, so I want to tell y'all a story, and some of you guys have heard it in here, I know, because I've told it to the worship team, I've told it to some of the close friends before too, but it's a good one. <laughs> so um, I love telling this story, y'all, it's so funny, and I, you know, looking back on the things that God does in your life, you'll never know, like, what thing he'll give you, a story that brings testimony or something out of, my mom's here, so she's really going to get a kick out of this, um, <laughs> But so when I turned 16, uh, I got my license, like, immediately. And, uh, you know, back then, like, my parents, y'all, they were strict. I had a strict curfew. I mean, weeknights, it was ridiculously early I had to be home. And on the weekends, like, if I wasn't home at 10 o'clock, like, there, I, I, there was no even asking to stay out past 10 o'clock. She's shaking her head. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but so, um, 
New Year's Eve rolled around, uh, two months after I had gotten my license, because I turned 16 in October, and then here it is, you know, December, and it's New Year's Eve, and I was dying to stay out past curfew. Like, 10 o'clock on New Year's, like, man, I'm even more generous with my kids. Let them stay out past then. <laughs> but so, you know, it, I, I was begging. Like, all day long, I begged, and I begged, and I begged. Like, please, it's, Mom, it's New Year's. It's New Year's. Can I please? I just want to stay out. I want to watch, you know, all the, back then, it was probably like Carson Daly. I don't know if y'all remember him or not, but I do. Um, you know, the big New Year's celebration, and you watch the ball drop, and I'm like, who who makes their kid come home at 10 o'clock on New Year's? Like, really? I have to at least watch the ball drop. So I begged, y'all. I begged and I pleaded. Um, I wanted to be the wrong definition of wild and free. Um, <laughs> I wanted to stay out past midnight, you know. I wanted to hang out. It was New Year's. So I begged and I begged and I begged. And finally, I convinced them. And they said, okay, Lacey, you can stay out till the ball drops. I mean, as soon as that ball drops, you better come straight home. Okay, 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 I promise I'm going to be. I mean, and so I went through all these things like, man, I really can't blow this. This is my chance to show that I can really, you know, be all these things that go through the teenage mind. And so I'm going through all of that, you know, and so I'm like, I'm, I'm going to make it home by midnight. So I was at, I was actually at a boyfriend's house at the time. And uh, to this day, and I, maybe they'll believe me now that I'm a pastor, there was no funny business going on that night. Absolutely nothing. And so, I, you know, we were, we were literally just there, you know, watching TV. His parents were there. And so, we were, y'all, we were having so much fun that we all fell asleep. Every single one of us fell asleep watching this New Year celebration. So, next thing I know, I wake up. Obviously, the first thing I do is look at the clock, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) That, exactly. So I panic, you know, this panic sets into me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I blew it. Like, this was my one chance, and I blew it. Why Why didn't I do this? Like, oh my gosh, it's 3 o'clock. So I immediately try to call my parents. It's the first thing that goes through my mind. We'll call them, you know, just explain whatever. Well, they didn't answer. So, of course, the first thing that goes in my mind, I thought it was obviously because they were out assisting every cop in Athens in the search party that I knew they had called in on me, (laughs) which wasn't the case. But so I am panicked, absolutely panicked. So I I get in my car and I leave and I'm thinking, okay, it's New Year's Eve. Duh, there's going to be cops everywhere. Do not speed. So uh, this happened in Athens. I was right out here on the loop. And so I get on the loop, and I'm telling myself, don't speed, don't speed, don't speed, just get home, you know, just, just get home safely. And so I put my cruise control on 70. And so I'm driving down the loop, you know, headed home, thinking about everything my parents are going to do to me when I finally get there, like, oh, I'm dead, they're going to beat me, they're going to grab me, all these things. And uh, I hadn't made it like two or three exits across the loop, and I passed a cop. Well, I had my cruise control on, so I was like, Okay, good. Like, I'm safe or whatever. And then, you know, my teenage mind began to rationalize with itself. And it thought, well, you're not going to pass another one. Like, there's, you know, you you pass that cop, you're not going to pass another one. So what did I do? Y'all, it looked like a a scene straight out of Fast and Furious. I had... I had a 2005 Honda Civic, and the pedal was all the way to the metal. Like, I was, like, gone. And so, you know, thinking, I'm not going to pass another cop. Like, you better get home. So I'm, you know, I got the pedal to the floor, and the next thing I know, I look up in my rear view, and 
black and blues. I'm like, oh, wow, I really just made this a lot worse. So one thing, okay, when you first get your license, or I don't know if they still do it now, but back whenever it was my day, I sound old saying that, probably because I'm getting there. Um, you know, they would put a, like a six-month probationary period on your license to where if you um, get any sort of ticket, uh, you can get your license taken away. There's a curfew on it to where you can't be out between midnight and 5 a.m. or you can get your license taken away. It was 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was still in my six-month probationary period, so I'm thinking, like, great. Um, all these things, you know. So uh, I, I pull over on the side of the road, and this cop, he gets out, I mean, and he, y'all, he has his hands on his guns, like, ready to draw on me. And I'm thinking, for one, this is the first encounter I've ever had with a police officer. I've never been pulled over before. I've only had my license two months. And so he comes up to the window, you know, hands on the gun, ready to draw on me. And uh, he's like, get out of the car. So I'm like, okay, you you know, I get out of the car. And he starts asking me all these questions. Well, you know, obviously, like, what I'm doing, where I've been. Um, and I explained to him, I'm like, I just wanted to stay out past my curfew. And like, I'm like, I'm like the epitome of like ugly face cry. Like that is me <laughs> in that moment. Like, I just want to say, oh, my parents are going to kill me. Like oh, all these things, you know, I can't even remember all of it. But so, at, you know, at one point in time, you know, for one, this just goes to show like how innocent I was at that phase of my life. He said, well, um, have you been, have you had anything to drink tonight? And, you know, tears in my eyes. I'm like, well. I mean, I, I had a Sprite at, like, 10 o'clock. <laughs> like, I, I was so clueless, y'all. And he said, well, ma'am, do you understand that at the rate of speed that you were going, I could take you to jail right now? I said, please take me to jail. I don't want to go home. I don't want to go talk to my parents. I said, please take me to jail. <laughs> but what had happened was when I... This is a true story. This is a true story. What had happened was after I passed him, uh, I had my crew set on 70, but really he clocked me going 71. And I didn't know it at the time. They've done away with this now. But back then, they had a reduced speed at night. You had to drive 65 at night, not 70. So I was speeding. But when he clocked me after I was fast and furiousing it, home, I was doing 92 and a 65. I almost called that this message title, but I didn't. But um, (laughs) 92 in a Honda Civic, y'all. I was was going places. (laughs) But say, how, okay, I, you know, y'all are thinking, okay, this is a really funny story, but how is this relevant? And, um, you know, going back to the things that God gives you throughout your life, I was thinking about this story, or really this story came up to me as I was preparing for this message, and um, it reminded me of something, something that I've been guilty of, you know, I was on my way to safety, you know, I was just cruising through life in that moment, um, and, you know, so many, so many Christians do that with their Christian walk also, they get saved, they get baptized, and then they go on about their merry way pedal to the metal, living the same life that they always have. And then they justify their actions by saying, well, I'm a good person, or I'm a Christian. And it got kind of quiet in here, and I thought that it might. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I feel like I hear what I hear is the silence of conviction. 
And I'm okay with that because, I, you know, I don't make that statement to condemn anyone. In fact, um, God also told me in preparation for this message, there's some people in here today that have never heard, um, you know, God doesn't condemn. Uh, the enemy condemns, but the Holy Spirit convicts. Um, and so very recently God told me, and I want to say I even mentioned it from the platform one day in worship, but on the subject of conviction, God told me, um, the Holy Spirit whispered to me, he said, conviction's an open invitation from the Holy Spirit for you to draw closer to God. So if you're feeling something today, I just want to encourage you to, you know, press into that today. Uh, another thing God gave me just last night as I was, you know, preparing for this message, going through everything, uh, he told me, he revealed to me what the irony of this whole, you know, situation was that I went through. You know, after all that, I got pulled over. I got so many tickets, y'all. I got like five or six tickets, you know, for the curfew, the, the all, you know, speeding, all of these things. It was like a six or seven hundred dollar ticket, which, by the way, I did pay every single penny by myself. So, Sixteen years old. Um, the irony of all of this was that when I got home, my parents were asleep. <laughs> They were asleep. They didn't even know, like, I was late where I was gone. And here I am convinced that, like, Henderson County is like, out looking for me because I'm like, I blew it. <laughs> but this posed a question to me last night whenever I was uh, thinking about this. And, uh, you know, God said, could it be that the enemy is sleeping on some of us, too, while we're out making a bigger mess of things than they have to be? So just think about it. I'm not, I'm not answering that for you. I'm not looking for an answer. I just want you to think about that. So, um, again, how does this relate to freedom ministry? So I want to give you the definition of freedom, and it is freedom's not defined by what is absent. Freedom is defined by who is present. And so, you know, talking about what is absent, well, that's talking about, you know, it's not defined by what is absent in terms of the deliverance from our iniquities. You know, Second uh, Corinthians three seventeen it says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom." So when Jesus is truly present in our lives, we are free. But we must allow Him to be fully present, and we must be fully present with Him. There's a difference. Yeah. We have to be fully present with Him. So how do we get to the point where we can be fully present with him? We tear down the wall that's in our hearts that has built up over time, and that's what freedom ministry does. But I want to tell you it's a decision. You know, sometimes we need someone or something like the cop that pulled me over to, you know, pull us aside, slow us down, and get us to safety. Um, but also, you know, some of us just need to listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling us today. And take responsibility for ourselves so that we can begin to tear down uh, the wall. Okay, so I'm finally going to get to our message, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so there's three steps in this message, uh, but you better buck buckle up. I've been known to take things a little fast. <laughs> I had to put a corny joke in there, y'all. <laughs> so how do, how do we tear down the wall? So number one, um, you have to recognize it's there. You have to recognize it's there. Y'all, I have five kids, so God sometimes speaks to me in, like, nursery rhymes or whatever. It, it's relevant. It's relevant for me. But who remembers, like, I'm going on a bear hunt, going on a bear hunt. And it says, can't go over it, 
can't go over it. Am I the only one that remembers that, y'all? <laughs> can't go around it. I'm just going to have to go through it. <laughs> so you have to recognize it. Like it is standing there in your face, and you can't go anywhere but straight on through it. And to go through it, you have to take it apart brick by brick by brick. So last weekend, uh, in his message, Pastor Nathan uh, shared a scripture with us, and it kind of stuck out to me. So I'm going to bring you guys back around to it today. And it's uh, John 8, 31 through 36. It said, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be free? So I was meditating on this verse this week. Because like I said, it stuck out. And sometimes whenever things stick out to me, I go back to them so that I can see what God's trying to tell me in that moment. And so I, I was meditating on this verse, and so I went to YouVersion. And I was like, I love YouVersion so much. I could teach a class on it. I'm going to give you a, something today, too, because I showed it to someone a few weeks ago or something. They're like, wow, I didn't even know you could do that. But so... Sometimes, like in instances like this, um, a verse will stand out to me. And so all, you, what you can do, you can go into you version and highlight that verse. Like if you just click on it and go down to the bottom, there's a button that says compare. And so what you can do is take that one verse and you can p- compare it, not only in the verse that you're currently reading it in, but, uh, or sorry, translation, um, not only in the translation that you're currently reading it in, but in other translations. For me, like, I've never been a King James person. Like, I don't understand it. It never made sense. And thank God I found something else because I would still be stuck not understanding had I have not. Um, but it is one of the translations I like to check against with other translations. So if you go highlight a verse, you hit compare, you can add whatever versions you like. For me, it's NIV, it's NLT, it's TPT, it's the pa- that's the Passion Translation. I love it. Um, the message, uh, New King James, and then Amplified version two because it's louder, not <laughs> really. JK. Um, but I was in the Amplified version uh, of this scripture this week, and so I came across the footnotes to this verse right here. The footnotes in the Amplified version to this verse, because it's talking about, oh, we're Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves of anyone. The footnotes take it further for you and help to explain it to you. And it said, The Jews did not grasp the difference between being enslaved physically and being enslaved spiritually because of sin. And so what this is saying is that they had gotten themselves out of Egypt, but they hadn't gotten Egypt out of themselves yet. So they were still slaves spiritually, but they couldn't recognize it. Um, I want to give you just a really quick testimony of the first time that I was in freedom training. And uh, unlike some of you today, like I didn't get to sit in my chair and contemplate whether or not I was going to go to it. Like Pastor Nathan just signed me up one day. He's like, hey, you're going to freedom training. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm going. And so <laughs> going into this, <laughs> you know, I, like I, I had had my salvation moment. I had, you know, began my discipleship moment. I had uh, began serving. I've been serving in the church for a while now, and so I'm like, well, I'm I'm good. Like I've I've been saved. You know, I've, I've got it. You know, I feel like I'm pretty good. I'm in a good place. I feel really free. But then we were sitting in freedom training, and wow, things that I didn't even know, didn't even know things that I had forgotten about, 
slowly God began to reveal those things uh, to me. Um, And he still does to this day. He continues to do it. Um, So I didn't know that there were still things I needed to go through because I had not yet recognized it. So you have to recognize it. You have to recognize it. And I want to say today, like, if you often feel um, any of these things, if you were like me, these are some of the things that I had to realize, like, I was still dealing with. So I shared these today because I had to recognize them because I thought I was free, but yet I was still dealing with shame. I was still dealing with guilt, fear, inadequacy, inadequacy, insecurity, unworthiness. Let me just go ahead and recognize it for you today. If you're feeling any of those things, you have a wall and you need to address it. And so here's another invitation to hold. (laughs) So you have to recognize it um, so that you can do number two, and that is confront it. Um, And this, this is the part that hurts. Um, yeah, this is a tough one because it's the hardest one. And, um, just this past week, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. We were talking about freedom ministry and we, I had, you know, listed off some of those very things that I had just spoke out to you guys. And, uh, at one point in the conversation, I I felt like I could see that something was stirring inside of her. And, um, I was encouraging her to go to hole and she looked up at me And with tears in her eyes, she said, Lacey, I have done dead and buried those things. And I don't want to go back to them. With tears in her eyes, she said this to me. So I looked back up at her and I said, that's exactly why you need to go to to hole. That's exactly why you need to go to hole. Because those very things that you think that you have done and buried, if you are still there, they're... If you took care of it, for one thing, things that we bury, we bury things just below the surface. But God takes them where they belong. Lori said in a message a few weeks ago, she made a comment about how, like, if it ain't love, joy, peace, et cetera, et cetera, it ain't God. And I want to add to that and say, if it ain't God, it belongs in hell. And it does. All of the fear, shame, guilt, inadequacy, inconsistency, those are from hell, and they belong there. We can't bury those on, on our own. We just put them below the surface. But you know what? God can. Jesus can. You hand those things over to him, and he'll take care of them once and for all. Y'all, there's only been one thing in the history of the entire world that has gone to hell and come back and made it out alive, and that's Jesus Christ. And there is no power greater than his. Look, now I'm preaching, y'all. <laughs> There's no power greater. So surrender it to him and let him take care of it for you once and for all. Um, So you recognize it, you confront it. And why do we do these things? It's so that number three, we can overcome it. 1 John 5, 4, the Amplified Version, it says, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world, and that is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Um, You know, as Christians, we have to remember and stand strong in the fact that we don't fight for victory. We fight from it. I'm going to say it again. We don't fight for victory. We fight from it. We fight from a place of victory. 
Um, so how, how do we do this? How, what does it mean to fight for victory? What do, what do I mean whenever I tell you, like, God, you know, you overcome it. It's been overcome. What does it mean to overcome the wall inside of our hearts? I'm going to give you three points to number three. And it's three things that it's important to understand. Number one being, um, and I want you all to hear this, God has already provided for your healing. Our prayers, our striving, our performance, um, it cannot add to the work that God has done. Ephesians 2.8 says, It's for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Um, We're heirs, okay? We're heirs, and we need to receive what belongs to us. Um, Funny, and I I love analogies, analogies. I guess that's why God speaks to me so much through them. But I was sitting there, you know, the other day writing out this message, and whenever he spoke to me about being heirs, he said, think about this, okay? Imagine, let's pretend, okay? Sad part is somebody died. Um, but the cool part is, is you're, you're in an attorney's office right now, and um, you've just inherited a million dollars. Make it 10. We're going to make it a really hefty, you know, 10. <laughs> you just inherited $10 million. Well, could you imagine sitting there talking to this attorney and saying, well, you know, I just don't think I'm worthy enough. I just don't think I'm worthy of that $10 million. I think I'm going to just keep living paycheck to paycheck, and you can keep it. Or maybe I'll just take a little bit of it. Maybe I'll take a little bit. Just give me a million, and I'll be good then. Absolutely not. (laughs) Like, you're going to want that whole inheritance, right? You want every drop of it. But so why do we do this as Christians? Why do we do this? Listen, God adopted us into his family as sons and daughters. And so he is our daddy, and whatever belongs to him belongs to us. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that. We have to understand that we are heirs and we need to receive what belongs to us. Everything, everything that belongs to him, everything that belongs to him belongs to us. So receive your healing. Um, he has already inherited it to you. Point number two is faith is the wrong focus. And so I don't want you to get the wrong impression here, but I do want you to pay attention Don't get me wrong. Faith is still important. But when we focus on faith, like how big or how little ours is, we're taking the focus off of where it should be, and that's on the goodness of the giver. You know, sometimes we worry that our faith isn't big enough. Like, oh, I just prayed, but I just don't know if I prayed good enough, or I don't know if I really believe it. But that's the wrong focus. That's the wrong focus. Our faith doesn't determine God's power. God's power determines God's power. Now, it only takes a very, very small amount of faith to get healed. Um, and just asking God to just asking God to heal you indicates that you have enough faith and that it's enough and why. Um, it's because Jesus plus nothing equals an infinite amount of power. Jesus, there's power in the name of Jesus. Okay, so focus on God's power, not the amount of faith that you have. Is that good? Y'all tracking with me? Good. So number three um, is you are loved. It's the third thing that you have to understand in order to overcome is that you are loved. You know, it's not that we, not that we love God, but that he loved us first. He loves us just because he loves us. 
Um, in Romans 8:32 through 33, it says, For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his Son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Who would then dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? And this is my favorite part of this verse. It says, God himself is the judge who has issued the final verdict over them, not guilty. Amen. Isn't that good, y'all? Um, you know, every time I think of that, that verse and, you know, what God did for us, for us um, I don't know if this is weird or not, but, you know, I've, I've been gifted with four sons. And when I think about what God did for us through his son, and I think of mine, I'm thinking, like, that's huge. Like, I've got four sons, and I couldn't imagine giving one of them up for, you know, the stranger in the line at Walmart or the drug addict that you find on the street somewhere. Yet God had one He had one, and he gave him for us. Uh, which leads me to the last point, and that is love is the greatest healing agent in the universe. And y'all, he loves us. Um, man, that's good. <laughs> as, we, as we close today, I want to read you an excerpt from a freedom training book that I have. Um, and this, obviously, it was highlighted to me. It says, our bodies were designed by God for God, and since God is love, we were made for love. Anytime we welcome and cultivate love, we are doing the healthiest thing for ourselves. When we oppose love, there will be negative consequences in our whole being, including our physical bodies. I want to ask a question, and I want you all to raise your hands. Who in here likes going to the gym? Anybody? That's okay. I was going to say, okay, now everybody put your hands down because, okay, if you raise your hand, you're not from this planet. Like, it's okay to go now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, like, I don't, I, I, I used to not know if I knew anybody who really and truly, like, wait, I'm like, I can't wait to go to the gym. But, but, but y'all, I just started going to the gym. I just completed my second week in. And, and if I'm being honest, like, it sucks. I hope that's something. <laughs> I hope that's something that I can say from the platform. But y'all know I can't lie up here, so it's it sucks. It does. Um, it's like that meme or the joke like you see on the like everything hurts and I'm dying. Like, <laughs> and it's true. Everything does hurt, and I do feel like I'm dying sometimes. But I know that that's what's best for me. Uh, you know, I can't I can't allow my physical self to stay in the place that it's in. Um, be you know weak, unhealthy, toxic. And we can't allow our spiritual selves to stay there either. We can't allow our spiritual selves to stay in a weak, unhealthy place. We need to detox and strengthen up our spirits. And that's what whole freedom ministry does. Um, it will be hard. It will be painful. But I promise you it will be worth it. And you'll be asking for more when it's all said and done. Uh, this next weekend when we do this freedom training, it will be the third freedom seminar that I have sat through in less than a year. Less than a year, and I'm ready for it. Because every time I go, God reveals something else to me that sets me even more free than what I thought I was. 
And, and then the process afterwards is he walks you through it. Because it doesn't just stop when you walk out a hole. God goes with you everywhere you go, right? And so he's going to take you through the healing process that you'll, you'll get as a result of going to hole. Um, so the question that I ask you today is, will you welcome and cultivate love, God's love, or will you oppose it? Jesus wants to be intimately in love with you. Because he is intimately in love with us. And we need to be in constant pursuit of wholeness. Of wholeness. We need to allow God to be fully present in our lives. And we need to be fully present with God. Because God wants you to live truly, it's the right definition, of wild and free. One last thing before we go. Who in here has seen the movie The Sandlot. Like, you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> I love movies. Here's another analogy for you. So, you know, if you haven't seen Sandlot, what happens, you know, this guy, he has a stepdad, and he has an autographed baseball from Babe Ruth. And him and his friends, you know, like they're playing baseball every day and everything, and they, they needed a ball. So he goes and he gets this baseball that's autographed by Babe Ruth, you know, the Sultan of Swat. And... Uh, they play baseball with it. Well, it just so happens that at the field where they played, there was this big wall, a big fence there. And right behind the fence was this big, hairy, scary dog. They called him the Beast. Huge dog, just barking all the time, just t- incredibly terrifying, with, you know, with good reason. It was a scary dog. Um, and it was just behind that wall. Um, so... You know, one way or another, they wind up, they're playing, it gets over the fence, the ball does, and they go on this mission to recover the ball. You know, it's Babe Ruth. They have to get it back. And so, you know, it's a big ordeal because nobody wanted to confront the beast that was on the other side of the wall. But they did. They went in, and at the end of the movie, you know, they go and they confront the dog, and turns out... It was nothing like what they thought it was going to be. The dog actually gives them this big, wet, sloppy kiss and, you know, spits the ball out, gives it back to him. And I, again, God speaks to me in funny ways. You know, that was an analogy God gave me for this freedom ministry. Because a lot of times going into it, and I'll tell y'all, like the first time I went to the freedom training, um, I, I was like, I was on edge. I was like, what are they going to do? Like, am I going to have to talk about all my, like, dirty, like, little secrets and bring up all this stuff that I've done buried? Like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, I dealt with that. Like, I, you know, me and Jesus worked it out. Like, nobody is going to put your stuff, like, nobody is going to put your information, like, out on blast. Like, what happens in whole seminars between you and God? We just get to be vessels. Uh, we get to be facilitators leading you through the steps that God will show you, and you and him can talk it out. So, you know, don't, don't think of freedom ministry as this beast behind a wall. It, it's there to love on you. You know, that's what God wants to do with us. He wants to give us this big, wet, sloppy kiss. <laughs> but some of us are afraid of that, you know? Wow. We're, we're <laughs> you know, he, God wants us to face our fears. He wants us to overcome them. He wants us to confront them so that we can overcome them. And so today I'll leave you with one scripture Uh, this morning before we transition into ministry activation, and that is uh, in Psalms 30, 2 through 3. It says, O Lord, my healing God, I cried out for a miracle, and you healed me. 
You brought me back from the brink of death, from the depths below. Now here I am, alive and well, fully restored. And guys, this is our desire for every person sitting in this church today. Through this church, through Whole Freedom Ministry, we want you all to be alive and well and fully, fully, fully restored. Because as it continues on in verse 5, it says, I've learned that his anger lasts for a moment, but his loving favor lasts a lifetime. We may weep through the night, but at daybreak, it turns into shouts of ecstatic joy. So if you guys will join me, I'm going to go ahead and close us out today. Um, We're going to do so by having a conversation with God. So Lord... um, Thank you that you have already provided for our healing. Thank you that you want to tear down the wall in our hearts, brick by brick, to make us whole. God, make us vulnerable to you. Give us the grace to allow us to confront ourselves so that we may overcome the things you have already overcome for us. Our desire is to live a life fully surrendered to you a life where you are fully present in our lives and where we are present there with you. Come be the center and show us the way. Now remain in that, that posture of prayer where you are in this moment. And I want you to, number one, ask God for the grace to pursue him in prayer and in the word. Ask him to make you more aware of his presence and leading throughout your day. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal anything or anyone that has become an idol in your life and repent, turn away, and change from it. Now receive his forgiveness and yield yourself to his lordship. Repent and ask for a willing heart to obey his word. Surrender and just say yes. Give God any fears that you may have and ask his strength to be perfected in your weakness. Ask God to pour out his love on your heart through the Holy Spirit. And ask that as he pours out his love, that it will impact you the way that you love others. So, Lord, you are the ground and source of our being. Now draw us into solidness of who you are. Come, Holy Spirit, and settle into our hearts a solid sense of self and being. Awaken in us the capacity to connect and bond fully with you and others as we draw closer to you and live our lives in the fullness of your presence. Amen. Amen. So, guys, our worship team is going to come uh, lead you out into one more worship song. I do want to remind you, though, um, obviously, Ho 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 Hole is next weekend. If you haven't registered for that, uh, take this time now. Um, come talk to someone. We can assist you in registering outside, uh, but we do want to get you signed up for Hole. Again, there's no charge for that. It's just something that we're doing because it's the heart of this church. We know how powerful it is to um, the kingdom for people to be set free. Uh, So we want to encourage you in that. Don't forget tonight, 
6.30. Woo! Groundbreaking. And then Encounter Student Ministry Wednesday night at 7. So thank you all for being here today. We love you guys.